Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Call Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Webb. Before we begin today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church, where I have the pleasure of serving. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. I'm so thankful for you, the listener, joining us in another episode where we explore the pastoral call by hearing the stories of those who have gone before. So if you are interested or pursuing the pastoral ministry or already in the pastoral ministry, our hope and our goal and our vision is that you're encouraged by hearing these different stories. Well, today I'm so excited to have joining me Lisa Laring. She is the pastor at the Crossing Free Methodist Church, which is located in Durand, Michigan. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. Well, thank you for having me. Well, let's get right into it. I'd love for you mm-hmm. just to share a little bit about yourself, who you are, your background, and what you felt your call to the ministry was. Okay. Um, well, I am born and raised in Michigan, and just not too far from here, a little town of Linden. Um, I was the youngest of four siblings. My nearest sibling is like eight years older than me. I'm the baby of the family. So um, raised in a non-Christian home. Don't ever remember going to church with my parents. Um, they, uh, I had a, a favorite aunt who was Catholic, and then my grandma was a Southern Baptist. So really didn't understand the whole context of church or what it meant or anything like that. But um my mom and dad eventually divorced i think i'm like about fifth grade or something like that but my mom's theory was always that she would never push religion down our throats so amazingly we had moved to another small town of byron um when i was in eighth grade and um uh, around the age of 15 um i felt a pull the only way i put it just a pull of wanting something different, wanting, you know, I maybe an idealist view of what family was because I come from a broken home or something. But, you know, I thought, well, you know, I kind of saw the Mormon commercials on TV. They had those on TV back then. And, and, um, but I didn't, I didn't know exactly what that pull was, but I had a group of friends at school that were, we were fun. We would, you know, we had, Nothing serious as far as, you know, um, uh, I want to say partying. I was never a partier or anything like that. But um, I guess I guess I was in the intellects uh, group at school. And and I saw this group of kids that were a little different. Um, not a big school. Man, you, we were only we were probably less than 400 at that. You know, my class was about 80. And um, but. I didn't, I wasn't close friends with them or anything, but I knew about them, but I think they were mostly, they went to church, most of them. But anyway, so I decided I want to go to church when I was 16 because I needed to have a driver's license. So, and I lived, talked to my, my best friend and she was kind of more familiar with what church was. She says, well, we can go to youth group. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, <laughs> going in cold turkey. Um, so anyway, so I got my driver's license and she says, well, there were two churches in Byron. There was the Baptist and the United Methodist. And she says, well, we don't want to go to the Baptist. They're too strict. So let's go to the United Methodist. 
So I live two blocks from the United Methodist Church, but I had to go out of town and get her and come back into town. And and so we would go to church um, together on some Sundays. Some Sundays we decided, well, let's go to just go somewhere else, <laughs> go get a, you know, uh, get lunch or something somewhere instead of going to church. So, um, but anyways, like I said, I didn't have any clue. I had a little, you know, one of those little New Testaments that they give you. I don't even know where I got it. It might, I might have been like a, oh, my sisters, like I said, I'm the youngest. My sisters were 15 and 13 years older than me. So they had boyfriends and I don't know, they, I think they took me to church once or twice and nothing significant. I, I remember sugar cookies at that church. Um, <laughs> so, but nothing like the stories of Jesus or anything like that. So, so I go to church and kind of get involved with the kids at the United Methodist Church. And like I said, these are Byron kids that I'm actually going to school with. I mean, so, um, but I, I, we had uh, my grandma's Bible. And I, I remember saying in church one day, I'm sit, we we're all sitting in the pew together. I says, how does my grandma's Bible work in this church? She was Baptist. <laughs> Those kind of things that you don't think about. So part of my ministry is, you know, I don't assume people know everything when they come into the church. But, you know, people assume that pastors have always been raised in church and everything like that. But I, I haven't. I don't have that experience. But um, so I started with from scratch hmm. one you know, from the age of 15, 16. So, um, so about that fall of my 16th year, um, I was in the high school band room and, um, sitting there, I was a drum major in the, in the band and I was a junior and this guy walked in the band room. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that looks, he looks intriguing. So I started, <laughs> basically I started going after him. Um, but it, it was funny because this guy, I was actually, I had actually dated his best friend in the, in the prior spring. And I don't even remember this guy. Like I said, Byron was a small school, small school. And, uh, I don't remember this guy at all. And, um, uh, long story short ends up being my husband. And, uh, so we, he, um, he had seen me starting to come to church and stuff and never talked to me, never approached me. I didn't, you know, and then I, we, I kind of made my way to get to know him and stuff like that. And he's like, well, this is months later after we've been dating. He says, I thought you'd make a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the fact that me and his mother had the same birthdays, hmm. same birthdays. So, um, so really, that became my Christian family. Um, his mom and, the, and they were members. They're long time, long time members at the Methodist Church there in Byron. So, years later, I found the word for that. It was called Provenient Grace, and um, you know, God's grace. Just, I I probably wouldn't understand Provenient Grace if it hadn't been mm -hmm. for that experience. But mm -hmm. I know I was being told, you know, come to church and and like that. So. Um, and we started dating his senior year, my junior year, and then we got married after he graduated from his schooling and in 84 and I was all done with my schooling. And, um, and then I went to have paramedic training. I'm an LPN, um, been LPN for 40 years. Um, then I've always, I was always, I always worked in the ambulance. I started working in the ambulance in Byron when I was 
16 um, and became an EMT and then a paramedic. And I worked for Livingston County Ambulance for a while until we started having kids around 1988, 80. I think I quit about 89 because we started having, having more kids. It's, we worked 24 hour shifts. So it was kind of hard having kids and working. And, but, um, and then we started going to the Nazarene Church. We were in the Nazarene Church about 10 years and um, moved to Howell, Fowlerville. And then we eventually came back to Byron. And um, out where actually same house we live in right now, on my husband's family's farm. Um, but my call really came, I was in the, we were back, after the Nazarene Church, we came back to the United Methodist Church that we were um, actually where we were pastor who married us there. And um, around the late 90s, so I was in my 30s, I guess. Um, I was Christian ed director, handbell director. Um, a wonderful woman, past female pastor, came to our church in the in about 95. And, um, you know, things were going good. And I, I just really, I felt a call, a call to ministry. And um, so what happened, I think what happened was, is I fell in love with Jesus. Um, you know, there's a difference between like knowing your Bible and loving the author. You know, you can memorize and you can know all these things about the Bible, but until you really know the author, um, that the Bible doesn't come alive for you. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I really felt like I had that, uh, that sanctifying experience of just a hunger and a thirst and a love that, that's, like I said, sanctifying experience, you know, like John Wesley's Aldergate, mm -hmm. you know, the um, heart strangely warned. And I didn't know about that until, again, after the fact that I was reading one of his books. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yes, <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I had, uh, and then and then I became in the United Methodist Church to have what they call lay leaders and uh, lay speakers. So I took the lay speaker class and learned kind of how to do some messages and, mm -hmm. and speaking. And, and that was about the late, the mid-90s. And then um, this pastor I had, her name was Pastor Marilyn. Um, she passed away in 2000, right after uh, January 2000, January 28th. And um, so we got a new pastor in. And um, with things, everything happened in, what, in the United Methodist Church. We, we eventually left and wasn't quite sure where we were going to go, if we we're going to go back to Nazarene or... Um, and I had a friend, um, at the church at the United Methodist church that wanted to leave as well. And she says, well, my sister goes to this free Methodist church in Durant. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so her, it was her sister-in-law and, uh, her sister-in-law was actually a, a preacher's kid. Um, her dad was a, a free Methodist pastor up north, and her brother is a free Methodist pastor in our conference now. His name is Lyle Calkins, and uh, his sister's name is Everdeen Powell, wonderful lady. So we started coming here um, around 2005, end of 2005 into 2006, and then I found out 
checked into their ministry requirements because um, I was kind of getting started in the United Methodist Church. And so, yeah, so I started, became an LMC in 2008 and then a CMC in 2009 and um, was ordained in 2015. Okay. So it was, uh, I took the long haul. Well, I was working full time. I was working full time as a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, God led me to this church. I'm in they appointed me in 2013 when the pastor left, and mm -hmm. and uh, so awesome. um, that's that's yeah. Oh, wonderful. And just for those who are not in the Free Methodist tradition, uh, LMC and CMC uh, stands for a local ministerial candidate and conference ministerial candidate. It's kind of a graduated stepping system towards full eldership or ordination as a pastor in the Free Methodist Church. And um, I'm in that process right now at the, at the CMC level, um, working through my educational requirements and, and doing all those things. Uh, so uh, right in there doing that. So uh, Lisa, in your time then being at uh, now the Crossing uh, Free Methodist Church, uh, since you've been there since 2013, what has been uh, a high point and a low point in, in your time there experientially as you've been pastoring this, this church? Um, I think the high points are always when you, you hear that word of God, hmm. you know, and validating you know, what you think you're preparing for mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, back in 20, I think it's probably 2018, 17, 18, um, we weren't using the parsonage out here and, um, you know, it just bothered me. It was sitting there empty. <laughs> I was like, what can we do with this? Right now? And, um, we had a couple come to our church and, and they talked about how they had been homeless, mm -hmm. um, for a little while. And it just worked out. We, you know, um, prayed and did some searching and studying and things like that. And we decided to, um, well, what if we turn this into a homeless shelter? Um, Showers County does not have, did not have at that point, um, a place for homeless, hmm. um, short of people giving out hotel vouchers or something like that. And we have very few hotels around here as well. But, um, so we were able to achieve that. Hmm. Um, we got it. We opened in 2019. And unfortunately, we ended up closing the end of last year, 23. Um, so we, we did for four years and it was, it was a different, it wasn't staffed. It wasn't, um, um, you know, it was kind of like a big, good, big honor system hmm. right there with, you know, having somebody in the house. And we didn't take any rent. We, we paid for what they couldn't. Um, so utilities and things like that, but, um, until they could at least get on their feet and get out to the next mm -hmm. step. So, um, we help several people that way, but that's a big ministry. That's, mm -hmm. that's a lot of, yeah. that's a lot. And, um, and then, uh, but yeah, just those, just those moments that, you know, God is directing mm -hmm. and pushing you in a certain way. Those are mm -hmm. always the high points and, um, yeah, because yeah, and how about some of those kind of low low times? Because pastors, maybe there's a pastor listening right now that um, <clears throat> is in a is in a low moment, and and what mm -hmm. have been some of those uh, some of those low moments? Maybe what has the Lord showed you, or 
brought you through um, and, mm -hmm. and come out the other side with from some of those? Um, low moments, I think, you know, we're in a, in a person oriented occupation, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and as a pastor, you're dealing with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, it, people can throw their barbs and, and it can be people you love dearly yeah. and they don't mean it or, you know, or they're just acting out of a, out of a selfish reason or something mm -hmm. like that. And I think for me, for the low moments is just to not take it personal, mm -hmm. um, to look at it from through Jesus eyes and, mm -hmm. and, you know, pray through that and, um, you know, know that God won't be thwarted, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, hopefully whatever the situation might be, but work through it from a spiritual viewpoint of always taking things to prayer first. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times that I'm not real quick to jump on things to try to, you know, if there's a conflict or a fix or anything, I always step back and pray. I don't care if it's a week or it's two weeks. It's I, until I hear God say, do something. And mm -hmm. more often than not, that conflict is resolved before I even have to intervene. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times that's happened for me. Um, you know, I probably mess it up if I, <laughs> if I jumped in. So, yeah. um, even something just as simple. I had this wonderful lady and, um, she's, she's still here and, uh, she was always the nursery, mm -hmm. um, grandma. And, you know, over the years we've had less kids come in and, and she's aged and, uh, she was just all excited when we had these young babies and coming and things. And, and, and she realized that, um, you know, she couldn't go take care in the nursery anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, she needed to be told that, but I just prayed about it and she realized it before I had to mm -hmm. go talk. And so that was, that was great, mm. you know, that she understood. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to tell her. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm just you know, not everybody gets that kind of results, but yeah. No. So I, that's a little point. But. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, that waiting on the Lord and a lot of times he speaks and, and handles it for us. <laughs> yes. 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 Or prepares the way for the difficult conversation at least. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you what do you see as, as someone from you know Lisa right now being in twenty twenty four as challenges for people who are coming into the pastorate, um, yeah. you know for the future, you know things mm -hmm. that you can kind of feel the wind changing on something that it's going to be different in ten years than it is right now, um, you know, and yeah. the past can in inform how we see what's going to happen in the future. So maybe is there things that you're seeing that pastors may have to deal with or be prepared for that maybe they're not aware of at this point? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a big one to, to keep reading all the data and literature mm -hmm. of what's happening, you know, in the church. Um, obviously, um, we're seeing the trend of a downward slope of attenders and, <clears throat> and, um, you know, I think just even just getting through the next two years, it's, it's just not to be discouraged. 
Mm. It's really easy to get discouraged. Um, but even 10 years down the road, I just say, keep yourself solid spiritually. Mm. Um, no matter what comes ahead, you know, what is ahead for us and, and mm. how do we, you know, and love people. Mm-hmm. Just honestly, that's that's what my uh, I guess one of my greatest lessons of mm-hmm. is life is that is just learning to love people as Jesus did, seeing people um, in God's image, mm-hmm. um, that compassion mm-hmm. and grace, and but yet that accountability that's mm-hmm. needed. Um, but yeah, I I understand. I've kind of come into the on the downslope of you know, where churches had their highs in the 90s. And, um, you know, Durand is a small church um, that we were coming in on the slope as it was going kind of down. And, and actually we went down and we went, we went up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, like I said, I don't know what 10 years will hold. <laughs> yeah. um, I know the church mm-hmm. will be here. Mm-hmm. I know God is faithful. Mm. Um, and we just have to be listening. We have to be hearing his voice mm-hmm. and knowing that the gospel is important. And that's what we're called to preach. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get so hung up, I think, in all the, like I said, the data, the books, the all the gurus that, you know, study all that stuff and talk about it all the time and um we gotta we back to basics mm-hmm. you know the the um we had a prayer conference this past weekend thomas Ramundo came in you know and the church is the army that marches on its knees mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so we're going to be doing a big prayer focus this year again i've done it for several years but again just good reminders mm-hmm. Um, don't get discouraged. Keep your eye on Jesus. Yeah. And um, no matter what you got ahead, you could, you'll be able to you'll mm. get through it. Mm. I appreciate that. And certainly timeless in what the application is, regardless of the age. You know, yeah. those those things are timeless from 500 years ago or 500 years from now. Uh, yeah. So appreciate you uh, expressing that. So there's a Charles Spurgeon quote I love. He talks about living in the Bible, but reading many good books. You know, we've been transformed by God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what have been some of those other good books that you have appreciated <laughs> and enjoyed? Oh, well, good authors. Um, Richard Foster, Leonard Sweet, Dallas Willard are three of my top favorites. Mm. But one book, when you when it was kind of, and I was running this through my head, I kept, what was the book that I usually go, you know, that I just will never give up? And believe it or not, it's not actually a, a book where you would sit and read chapter by chapter by chapter, but it was um, in my spiritual formation class, which was taught by um, Superintendent Pastor Joanna DeWolf um, in my um, East Michigan Training Institute, blessed uh, classes. Um, Reuben Job. And it's through the upper room, and it's an old book. It's mm. called A Guide to Prayer for Ministers and Other Servants. Mm. And this is the book that um, it's a devotional or a devotional type book, mm. like a daily office kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I just love this thing. And it is my, and sometimes I'll put it away for a few months, but then I, I see again, I, oh, I want to do this again. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to um, walk through this again. And, and uh, my associate, uh, she has retired, Colleen Landino, and she left a bunch of books here at the church that she was getting rid of and stuff. And I found a new, a newer copy in here, hardly used. And I yelled at her, I'm like, you didn't use this. <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't. But um, no, I just, this is, this is what really gave me um, a foundation for my spiritual walk and my mm. spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Um you know, besides, you know, all the other Joanna and everything, but this is just the one thing I keep mm. coming back to. Um, a guide to prayer for ministers and other servants. Reuben Job, he's also wrote um, some other uh, devotional daily office mm-hmm. types books. Um, I think this is from the 80s. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, those are Len Sweet. Um, got to meet him a few years ago, but. Um, Jesus of Theophany, that was a really good book. Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, Dallas Willard, there's Divine Conspiracy. And um, so, but yeah, that's that's kind of where my reading goes. Okay. Well, appreciate those recommendations. Uh, those are going to be listed in the show notes for this episode. So everybody who's listening, you can find those on Amazon and I can add them to my wish list. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, those will all be available there. Well, uh, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking some time sharing your, your story and your journey, your call to being a pastor and where you are today. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. And I want to thank uh, the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. And I, of course, want to thank you, the listener, for joining us on another episode of The Pastor's Call, where our hope, our goal, our vision is to encourage those who are interested, pursuing, or in the pastoral ministry by hearing the stories of those who have gone before. You can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can find us on uh, Facebook as well and YouTube. Please do subscribe to the podcast so you know when episodes come out every single Wednesday. So in the meantime, uh, share this episode with your friends and family. Share it with your pastor, and we'll see you then. God bless.